You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, breeds of centipedes in tweed and in need of mead and a good read. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 252. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your old style, old squaws and oldsters listening to oldish oldies. I'm Colin. And I'm Chris. I have a surprise quiz. We're still going to do pop quiz hotshot. Oh. Here, uh, here's how it's going to work. You guys don't have to answer. I'm going to ask the question. Think about it and answer it in your head. Listeners, feel free to do the same. Maybe, you know, if you're in the privacy of your own home, you can like shout out what you think the answer is. Maybe write it down. Maybe if you're at work, you can like type it out in, in the notes app. <laughs> for for Chris and Colin, just think about it. Okay. So this is what I'm going to call the foreign foodie quiz. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just have a couple questions. Here we go. Just think about the answer. What do you call a big buffet in Sweden? <laughs> a big, big display of food, big mm-hmm. buffet. Okay. In All right. All right. Think okay. about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. What kind of small, bright orange pepper is hotter than a jalapeno? So it's not a jalapeno. Mm-hmm. It's a small, bright orange pepper. It's hotter than a jalapeno. Mm. Okay. Next question. How do you spell latte as in the coffee? How do you spell latte? More specifically, do you put an accent in latte? (laughs) Mm. Next question. What kind of cheese is usually grated over pasta? What kind of cheese is usually grated over pasta? Okay. Last question. (laughs) What do you call the Latin American half-circle pastry that's kind of like a turnover? Mm. And it's usually savory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had some for dinner. Had some for dinner tonight, in fact. Really? Oh. I did. I did. Put some chimichurri sauce on it. Okay. 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 All, right. All right. All right. Someone in our in our fan group pointed out in a recent episode. My bad. I mispronounced Dachshund. Uh the, the wiener dog. The sausage <laughs> mm-hmm. dog. Yeah. I said dash hound. That's just that's kind of how, a Karenism. You that's just kind of how you that, say it. That's how I learned it, right? Yeah. I overly Americanized it. I looked at it. I was like, wow. Okay. How would an American person pronounce this? Dash hound. <laughs> we probably, we probably still get people mad listening to old episodes where I said, uh, Edinburgh instead of Edinburgh. Um, oh, yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. that's how it goes. We, we Americanize things here maybe a little too much. Occasionally. Yeah. It's like, I know it's Mel, Melbourne. <laughs> we, we say Melbourne, <laughs> but this led to a fascinating discovery. I found out on the other end of the spectrum, there is a phenomenon called hyperforeignism. Oh, sure. Which is when we, as English speakers, overly foreignify or overly <laughs> embellish foreign loan words right. in English. Sometimes we know we're doing it, but most of the time we actually probably might not know that we're doing it. So, for example, <laughs> we love the superstore Target. And it's mm-hmm. a it's a joke now for a long time that we mispronounce it on purpose, Target. Right, right. It's just a, a normal store, but you're like, ooh, I'm going to Target <laughs> to make it sound fancy because it's not a fancy place. <laughs> so so we know we're doing that's for a comedic purpose. But there's some foreign loan words that we just in our minds overly foreignify because that's what we think what we should do. So Let's go back to that quiz, the list of questions I asked earlier. It just so happens I got like food examples because <laughs> most people know the food examples. So what do you call a, a big food buffet in Sweden? All right. We're not we're not gonna we're not gonna self-correct here, Chris. We're gonna we're gonna go with the Oh sure. I mean I would have said knowing that yeah. even knowing that we're setting ourselves up to yeah, be. Yeah, I'm not here. I'm not trying yeah. to make right, fun right, right, of right. any anybody either. I would say you know? uh smorgasbord. Smorgasbord, yeah. Yeah, so so smorgasbord versus smorgasbord. Oh, mm. I see. I so see. pronouncing the SM smorgasbord, but shmor- adding a SCH or like adding oh, okay. an SH, smorgasbord. What small bright orange pepper is hotter than a jalapeno? Uh, habanero. Now, jalapeno has a tilde mm. on the end. That's the N-Y. Right? Yeah. Jalapeno. 
Uh-huh. Habanero does not. Ah. Because we, we're very familiar with ha- jalapeno. So we're like, oh, habanero, it probably also has mm-hmm. uh, the A I, I, as well. I'm guilty of that. I, I, I yeah. would have said habanero. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Latte. L-A-T-T-E. Mm-hmm. No accent. No mm-hmm. accent. There is an accent in the E if you say cafe latte in mm. Italian. Starbucks says frappe has an <laughs> accent on the E, but latte itself does not. Oh, interesting. This reminds me, by the way, of the, I think it was a, either a TikTok or some sort of video of some guy tourist in Italy and goes around to all the coffee shops asking for a latte. Can I have a latte? Can I have a latte? Can I get a latte? Not realizing. And the, for like three, after three days, he realized he's just been drinking milk. The milk. whole time, he's been drinking hot, <laughs> frothy milk the whole entire time because that's what he's telling him. He's like, "Give me milk, oh, milk, not, milk. Yeah. not a cafe latte, coffee it's, with milk." Yeah, I'm feeling great, real sleepy, but, but I'm feeling great though. Otherwise, yeah, a little gassy, but uh, aside from that. Oh, speaking of gas, what kind of cheese is usually grated over pasta? Uh, parmesan. parmesan. Part, yeah, I mean, you're saying it right, Parmesan. Ooh, I said it's Parmesan. Not, it's not Parmesan. Oh, it's right, not right. Parmesan. Yes. You know, sometimes I even misspell it, like S-E-A-N, mm. Parmesan. Mm. Uh, but, but I said Parm- Parmesan, like the person Sean, Sean Bean. <laughs> uh, and then, okay, the last one, last example, the Latin American half-circle pastry, empanada, empanada. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost the ghost tilde basically the yeah. ghost tilde <laughs> the yes, ghost the fa- tilde the phantom tilde mm, that's uh, great empanada it's not mm-hmm. it's empanada hyperforeignism yeah that's a great that's a great term for that it's like we want to we want to honor the the, the origin of the word but like mm-hmm. honor maybe a little bit too far a little bit too much all right well more quiz without further ado let's jump into our first well second well, I guess whatever. General quiz segment. Um, pop quiz. Hot shot. You guys have your barnyard buzzer. Chris is actually coming to us live from a hotel room, but he brought yes. his buzzer with him. Good man. Yeah, forget that. I have my random Trivial Pursuit card. This is just normal Trivial Pursuit. You guys have your barnyard buzzers. Here we go. Blue Edge for Geography. What was the first global radio navigation system that also shares its name with a luxury Swiss watchmaker. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Global radio navigation system. Chris. Rolex. No. <laughs> but, uh, you're, but you're on the right you know, track. Yeah, Name right? some brands. It is Omega. Omega. Oh, oh. interesting. Okay. Uh, oh, Pink Wedge. Who was the only cast member in The Lord of the Rings to have actually met J.R.R. Tolkien? Oh, wow. Colin. I'm going to guess that's uh, um, uh, Christopher Lee. Yes! Oh, I thought I would have guessed Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah. All right. Yellow Wedge. What title did Camilla Parker Bowles receive following her marriage to King, now King Charles? Outdated card. In 2005. (laughs) Colin. Okay, so what did she get in in two thousand five? Right. Well, she was the like the, the queen consort, right? But that I think that's outdated. So uh, I got to pass. Chris knows. Chris, Duchess of Cornwall. Yes. Yeah, Chris knows. Wall of Corn, Duchess of Cornwall. <laughs> My favorite thing on this show when I'm when we both buzz in and I'm like I know this, and then it's like Colin. Well, let's see. I think that it's not Chris just laying in wait. <laughs> like Chris is like out of my way. Uh, <laughs> it's not the Duke of Earl. Right. <laughs> it's not the Earl yeah. of Sandwich. Yeah. That's not a hereditary title. That one's yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> okay, Purple Wedge. Which classic kids book took shape when its author was inspired by watching tiny spiders in his New York City apartment spin web after web? Uh, Chris. Charlotte's Web. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Now let's see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who wrote Who wrote Charlotte's Web? How about that? E.B. White. Yes, it is mm-hmm. E.B. Okay. White. Green Wedge for science. Which product first sold in 1990? 
as the power drencher was invented (laughs) by an engineer working on the Galileo mission to Jupiter. Wow. Wow. Uh, Colin. I may have jumped the gun there. Apologies, Chris. I'm sure you know it. It must be. It must be the super soaker. Yeah. Uh, Power Drencher. Power Drencher wow. is the name that you would have like in the writer's room when you had to come up with something for your show and you couldn't say super soaker, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Safeway brand. Uh, last question, Orange Wedge. What sensuous ballroom dance is wow. called the Dance of Love? And was born in Buenos Aires in the 1870s. Chris. I think that's the tango. It is the tango. Okay. I'm going to overthink this. Yeah. Argentine tango. Good yeah. job, Braids. Mm. Oh, actually, I have a, a fun a basketball trivia fact that mm. I learned from you, Colin, that I applied in the wild. I so love it. Uh, a couple a couple episodes ago. You asked what seemed like a really easy sports question that both me and Chris did not get. What what basketball player is famous for missing all the free throws uh, in, right. in one game? Mo- okay, most, right. misses, yeah. most misses without a make. Yeah, most misses without a make. Um, I think I guessed like Kevin Garnett. Chris said basketball Jones. Yes. And then you, you're like Shaq. And it's like, oh my God, yes. But I learned it. It's in my head. My company's... CEO was talking, you know, this is all through Zoom, and he used the the analogy. He's like, there are companies who are really good at some things, and there's some parts where they're not as good. They can be celebrated in one area, but, you know, still have room for improvement for another area. He's like, just like a basketball player, you know, maybe someone who who, who maybe someone who plays really well isn't good at free throws. And I was like, oh, this is my time. And I wrote in the Zoom chat, go, oh, like Shaq. <laughs> I'm so proud. That's so proud of you. That's great. Uh, sure made an impression. Yeah, they're like, yes, good, Karen. That's right. Like Shaq. Yes, yeah. I wish yes, exactly. I wish all the rest of you could be as on the ball as Karen is here. Yeah. Yeah. Karen, you're promoted. <laughs> Today's episode, I saw an article about in our minds, we have what age we think we are. Oh, sure. For some reason, I feel like I'm 27 all the time. That's so (laughs) funny that you say that. You know what, Karen? At at one point, I remember talking with my mom before she passed away, and she she told me that in her mind, she felt 27. That was like, she she was like, yeah, this was, I mean, she was probably 70. And then she said that like, in her mind, she kind of just felt... 27 for the rest of her life. So it's funny that you say that. Do you guys feel like there's an age in your head younger than you are? Or older? Yeah, right. Or older. Right, right. I know what you mean. I would say for me, it's probably, yeah, like early 30s. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 32, maybe something like that. The way you sort of perceive yourself. I'm still a kid. I'm not really grown up. And it's like, (laughs) what? I have kids now? Like, when did this happen? (laughs) I still love Pearl Jam, you know? Maybe I think that until I... Uh, begin interacting with someone who is actually like 27 <laughs> right, and then right. and then i realized like my gosh i'm i'm so so much older than you in honor of facing our our mortality uh, i was inspired to uh to have a topic on age and youth and youthfulness and being young and being 27 in your head all the time so this week when we were young I mean that's that's marking you as being old. What? Hearing when we were young and thinking about the the killers. That's 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 what an old person would think. When of. did that now, song come out? People would think of Adele now with a song called you know when we were young. Oh my god! Two thousand three when we were young and Killers doesn't even show up. It is you're right. It's all Adele. That's what I'm telling you. You're old now. Two thousand and six. That's to me. That's not that uh, long ago. It's it a really long time. It's an incredibly long time ago. Oh my god! Kids were born when that album came out. 
Mm. Now they're, they're teenagers. They're doctors. Yeah. No, I don't know. They're like they're, they're doctors. <laughs> Doogie Hauser. They're operating uh, on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. So again, I don't want. We're already sort of trending towards like I don't want this show to turn into us bashing the young people. You know what I? No, you know no, what no, I mean? No. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I exactly. Exactly. The children are yeah. our future, Chris. So <laughs> oh I, my I, gosh! One. Wow. I mean, I agree. I think that people are getting younger and younger these days. You know, I think that's great. Um, so I think we should <laughs> we should celebrate the achievements of the youth uh, with a quiz uh, that I would like to call uh, "How Young Were They." Um, mm. This is a write down uh, closest Ooh. to the pin uh, quiz. Okay. So I am going to ask you how young the youngest person ever to do something impressive was. Um, and you're going to take a stab at just guessing the age at the age of the person. You don't okay. Tell me okay. who the person okay. was or anything like that. Uh, I'm going to okay. say how young was the youngest person ever to blank. And you have to guess how, uh, how young they were. Not talking about how old they were, how young they were. When they when they accomplish this, so I'll I'll start it right off um, with the joke that I made uh, earlier in the show, which is um, how young was the youngest person to pass the U.S. medical boards and become a doctor? Oh, how young was the youngest person to pass the U.S. medical boards and become a doctor? So just go ahead, write down an age that you think is the appropriate uh, answer to this question, and we'll see. Who is the closest? How young was the youngest person ever to pass the boards and become officially in the United States of America a doctor? Do they do they have to practice? It's, I mean, this, this person went into pre- the practice of medicine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm. All yeah. right. Okay. Uh, Collins is 14. Karen's is 16. You guys are both thinking a little too Doogie Howser-ish, but not, yeah. but not quite. It was 17. Uh, Bala Ambati was 17. He graduated from Mount Sinai School of Medicine in 1995, uh, passed the U.S. medical boards and became a doctor. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. A lot of child prodigies. All right. Here's, here's one uh, for the athletes out there. You know, maybe you're not going to become a doctor at age 17, but you know, how young was the youngest person to climb Mount Everest? I wonder if they have rules for that now. Mm. Like what if it was a baby on in a backpack? What if it was a baby in a backpack? Do you think somebody would do that? I say no, that baby doesn't get credit. You're not burning. <laughs> you have to get that's that's this quiz. You have to figure out like, well, what is what? the story? You know, yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. the most likely yeah. thing? Well, for the for the yeah. doctor one, I was like, man, if it's if it's US, like I feel like they won't let anybody practice maybe until they're 18, but they can get credited yeah. before. Yeah, I, okay. I went through the same process. All right. Uh, Karen says nine. Colin says eleven. <laughs> Again, you are you're very confident about these children. Uh, I will tell you that it is. <laughs> Thir- the answer is 13, which wow. is still very okay. young. Uh, yeah. Jordan Romero of California, USA, oh. was just 13 years old when he summited Mount Everest in wow. 2010. Yep. Accompanied accompanied by his parents, accompanied by several yeah. Sherpas. Uh, but, it you know, is I mean, that's extreme. Everybody, it's, it's yeah. No joke. It's not. No, it is not. No, it is not a joke. Um, you know what also isn't a joke? Uh, how young was the youngest person ever to travel to space? Space also not a joke. How young was the youngest person ever to travel to space? I bet they're not American. I, 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 that's kind of where my mind went to. <laughs> oh, youngest person ever to travel to space. Wow, both Colin and Karen guess nineteen. You are both. Uh, the same distance away from the correct answer. <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> the The correct answer is actually 18. Uh, so you're both wow. very close on this one. Uh, Oliver Damon, a Dutch student, was 18 years old when he traveled aboard the Blue Origin Space oh, Tourism that's Space right. Flight. That's so recent. In 2021, yes. this yeah. technically was a, he did go to space. He left the mm. Earth's atmosphere and was in outer space, Got but it. it was a suborbital mission. 
Um, yeah. Trivia: the youngest the youngest person ever to actually like fly in Earth's orbit was Soviet cosmonaut uh, German Titov. Uh, he was 25 years old when he went up in 1961. Well, okay. I was, was kind of thinking yeah. maybe somebody, yeah. Yeah. Soviet, Soviet cosmonaut. cosmonaut. Yeah. Okay. Basically, it was until the new age of space tourism, where you uh-huh. can go to space if you are very rich. How young was the youngest person to graduate from college with a bachelor's degree? This is a person oh. who graduated from an accredited university in the United States of America with a with a bachelor's do you have the school sure the school is the university of south alabama <laughs> i'm sure that did not help you in any no. way uh karen says 13 <laughs> colin says 13 the youngest person ever to graduate from college with a bachelor's degree was michael kearney of honolulu hawaii who was 10 years old when he got his bachelor's degree in anthropology from the university of south alabama in 1994 good job brain he was a like the most child he's still alive he's the most child prodigies of child prodigies he's only like 40 what do you mean he's still alive yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. michael michael kearney apparently was talking at four months when he was six months old he went to the doctor and he told the doctor, he's like, I have a left ear infection um, <gasps> when he was six months old. <laughs> oh and yeah, I mean, he just sort of took off like a ride. He's gotten several degrees since then. I mean, he got, wow. I mean, I think he, at 14, he got his master's degree. Oh, you know I mean? my goodness. How young was the youngest person ever to win a competitive Oscar? Oh, competitive Oscar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Competitive oh, man, we Oscar. Have... We're not, yeah. not, not talking about Shirley Temple, Shirley Temple. with the, the special juvenile award that they that they just gave to her. Didn't even right. consider any other right. children who might have been, you know, nominated. They didn't have the kids battle it out. You're talking about age at which award was handed to the person. Yes. Right? Uh, age at which Oscar was put in this person's hand. Yes, that's right. Okay. That's right. All right. Yep. How old? Karen says Ooh. 11. Colin says 10. Colin nails it right on oh. the beanbag with 10 Anna years Paquin? old. And Colin, I bet you know who it is. It's not Anna Paquin. I believe it is uh, Tatum O'Neill. It's Tatum O'Neill. Oh, Got Paper it for Moon. Paper Moon in 1974. Still has not been toppled. Uh, Anna Paquin was, I believe, nine yeah. years old when she filmed the piano, right. but she was 11 years old when she accepted the Best Supporting Actress Award. Um, But let's stick with award shows. How young was the youngest person ever to win a Grammy? Again, still still a competitive award. Um, I feel like, oh man, I feel like this, we had this somewhat recently, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I I know who it was. I don't know how old she is. Okay, Okay. all right, right. okay, well. Maybe together we can. Then you got to take a stab at it and see. Karen says nine. Colin says nine. Again, you're both one year off. It was eight years old. Does anybody want to say who it was? Blue Ivy Carter? Not Blue Ivy. Not Blue Ivy Carter. She did win a Grammy. It was wasn't it one of the one of the uh, like the, the the sisters who on like the soundtrack for uh, like Oh Brother Where Art Thou right was There you go like that? that's that, oh. that was that's as close as anybody's gonna get Yes excellent work uh, Leah Pizal of the Pizal sisters mm. uh, was eight eight years old uh, when she won a when she became a Grammy winner uh, for her work on the soundtrack album to Oh Brother Where Art Thou. That's right, mm. alongside her two older So like sisters. she won as a performer? She she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she okay, I okay. mean they they essentially the Grammy was awarded to their group. So I mean she as a member Got of it. that group is considered a Grammy winner. Yep. Um let's see how many more do we have here? Uh just uh, oh, a couple inter- a couple interesting ones. Okay, here we go. So how young was the youngest person ever to win the Nobel Peace Prize? Oh. Well, I think again, I know who it is. I don't know how old she was though. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Ooh. All right. Colin says 14. Karen says 16. The answer is that Malala Yousafzai was 17. Yeah. Uh, 17. Okay. When yeah. she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2014 for her work in human rights advocacy. Yes. So she was 17 years old. That is the youngest person. I believe that is the youngest Nobel laureate 
period Ever. also mm. um no 17 year olds have won in physics yet you know but you know, <laughs> could happen uh how young was the youngest person ever to become president of the united states of america oh it's not 17 <laughs> and it's not 10. <laughs> so now there's a rule i feel like maybe before then there wasn't a rule there wasn't an age requirement in the old days when people were practicing dentistry and being a lawyer at the same time. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And just being the president on, like, yeah, as a side hustle. Yeah. You know, I always right. hear it's JFK, but, like, I, I think maybe, I don't know. I think maybe there's an There's a little rub here in how Chris worded this mm-hmm. question, I believe. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Karen says 30. Uh, Colin says 40 and has written down TR question mark. So, yes, Colin has kind of gotten what, I've, what I'm getting at. John F. Kennedy was the youngest person ever elected president of the United States. He was 43 years <sighs> old when he was elected president of the United States. But... Theodore Roosevelt was just a wee little baby of just 42 years of age Mm. when he became president following the assassination of William McKinley. So Theodore Roosevelt at 42 is the youngest person to ever become president of the United States. Oh, so that's how you word it is become. Of America. Not Uh, become president of the United States of America, not be elected president. That was closer than I thought. I thought thought he was a couple years younger than Kennedy. That was was really close, though. It is very close, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So just one more question for you all. Here we go. How young was the youngest Olympic medalist. Ooh. Now, now I have to, I'm going to I'm going to qualify and say we're talking about the modern Olympic games. Okay. I am not okay. going to say that some kid in the year 901 <laughs> like no, no. documented um, it's not it's not modern. Hercules. <laughs> um, it's how young was the youngest Olympic medalist mm. in the modern Olympic okay. games. Right. Yep. There's so many disciplines. There's I know, so many disciplines I know. Where like you can just totally imagine that age is not necessarily a blocker. Oh, you went young. I did. Uh, Karen says thirteen, and Colin <gasps> says ten. <gasps> Colin is right. What? It is ten. Dimi- so, are you ready for this one? Demetrios Lundris was 10 years and 218 days old when he represented Greece in the team parallel bars, uh, earning a bronze medal. Did not say gold medalist. He yeah, earned yeah, a yeah. bronze medal in the team parallel bars in the 1896 Summer Olympics, <laughs> the first modern Olympic Games. Wow. Demetrios Lundris died in 1970 as the last surviving participant of the first modern Olympic wow. Games. Wow, because Ten he was so young years then. old. He got the bronze medal. Yeah. That's a good one. Isn't that great? Wow. All right. I know. Well, congratulations. Con- yes. Congratulations to Demetrios and everybody else. You did it. Malala. Yeah. Yep. 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 Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt's in there at 42. Yeah. <laughs> 42. Yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah. This young go getter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I also have a quiz. I here have a, a quiz about the fictional world of delaying aging. Uh, these are questions about books, TVs, movies. This is a buzz-in quiz, so get your barnyard buzzers. Delayed aging in fiction. Here we go. So <laughs> this right. first section are about characters who are immortal. <laughs> okay, here we go. First question. In the Pirates of Caribbean series, Davy Jones was cursed with immortality and looking like an octopus. Uh, <laughs> his whole crew was cursed too. What was the name of their ship? Oh, Lord. Hmm. <sighs> oh. Colin. The Dreadnought. No, it is the Flying Dutchman. Oh. The Flying Dutchman. Uh. The, the mythical, which actually uh, recently I just saw a possible explanation about uh, out at sea, there's this phenomenon, there's this uh, optical illusion phenomenon with like the reflection of water that makes ships look like they're floating. Sure. Like, yeah. Air. 
Yeah. And so, and so maybe that's, you know, kind of these like legends kind of was born mm-hmm. out of that. Yeah, All right. Next yeah. question. This character served as a captain in the American civil war, then was transported to Mars and became an immortal warrior. Whoa. Gosh. This character served yeah. as a captain, American civil war on the Confederate side, then was transported to Mars. <laughs> Colin, it's, it's 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 from the from the burrows, right? From the Barsoom. It's what it was like. John, help me out here, Chris. Like they made it. Nope. It was John. John. No idea. John something. You. I know you know this. They tried to. Oh, they tried to make. Oh, they tried oh, to make oh. a big blockbuster out of this, and it flopped. Chris. John. John Carter. Yes. John <sighs> okay. Carter. Thank you. Thank you. Of Mars. Of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Also the author of a uh, Tarzan. Yes. Yeah. Vampires are famously immortal. Uh, one of the most famous vampires in modern literature is Anne Rice's Lestat mm. uh, from Interview with a Vampire movies and books and also like the, the Vampire Chronicles. Lestat, Lestat, Lestat. What is Lestat's last name? Oh, jeez. <laughs> he has a last name. Oh, man. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Chris. Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Lestat de Lioncourt. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. De Lioncourt. <laughs> yes. Never, Leo. literally never heard that in my life. Should I read that book? It's like the first, because uh, she, she's written one million of these books, but like it's the <laughs> first book, The Interview with the Vampire. Like, is that, is it good? Should I read it? Yeah, I think it was yeah. fun. I, I mean, I remember it was a long time ago, like in, in college. I, I just, I had a bunch of friends who had read it. It was fun. I mean, you could read it very quickly. The other kind of vampire literature is, from so long ago, Anne Rice really oh, kind I of see. gave more flavor to the right. vampire mythology than just like Dracula. Right. All right. Next chapter, next segment. This is all about finding an object that grants immortality. <laughs> so here we go. This Ron Howard film stars Donna Michi, Wilford Brimley <laughs> as oh, seniors who stumble across a swimming pool that makes their bodies younger. Colin that is of course Cocoon it's been a while since I watched that movie but I watched that movie as a kid and I thought it was awesome oh yeah and I mean speaking of course of the aging episode right you are of course aware of the internet the Wilford Brimley line right a famous Twitter account congratulating other celebrities when they hit certain age which was the same age as Wilford Brimley when he starred in Cocoon right which and which is which is young he was 50 wow. like, uh, yeah. Yeah, i mean like you know old man wilford brimley like that senior citizen yeah. citizen you know yeah he was 50 years nine months and six days and that's so crazy. yeah that's when you cross the that's brim, like of reeves brimley. now yeah <laughs> all right next question immortality object who exclaimed that he would sell his soul for his painting to age in his place <laughs> <laughs> chris dorian gray Dorian Gray and the portrait of Dorian Gray. In Chinese mythology, the monkey king steals this type of fruit from a tree that grants immortality. Uh, This fruit has long been a symbol of long life. Hmm. Here's a hint. You might see it in a bun or a bao form if you go eat dim sum. It's kind of a dessert. Shaped like this fruit. I know in Japanese mythology, there's a kid that gets born out of it. Oh, it's, oh, okay. Chris. The peach. The peach. Okay. The peach. Long life, longevity. Yes. Monkey King okay. steals the, the peach from uh, the garden in the heavens. Yeah. Represents butts. <laughs> Long life and butts. Mm. This 1975 children's novel by Natalie Babbitt is about a family who inadvertently drank from the fountain of youth. Chris Tuck Everlasting Yes <laughs> Oh Have not read that It's one of that it's, school I hate school reading <laughs> Usually required school reading Is like Big downers Like 
where the red fern grows, you know, or like, <laughs> right, right, right. I shot my dog. The other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or okay. another. Oh, it was a book about like the Iditarod or some sort of like race. Oh, where it's, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Snow I think dog I read dies. That one too. Yeah, God, yeah. My teacher was reading it out loud and he was crying, and I was like, "Why do we keep reading these <laughs> books about dead dogs?" Oh, uh, finally, a book about a family that drank from the fountain of youth. Yeah. All right. This last section is on suspended animation, your cryo freeze, mm. your cryo sleep, your mm. uh, preservation. Very handy uh, plot tool. For sure. My all-time favorite show, as you know, is Futurama <laughs> slash Futurama. Uh, features the main character, Philip J. Fry, who gets accidentally frozen, wakes up in the year 3000. The show's creator is, of course, Simpsons creator, Matt Groening. How many TV animated shows... Did Matt Groening create? Oh, jeez. Okay. I feel like it's not going to be two. Animated TV <laughs> series, Colin. Four. It is three. Magic number three, guys. Uh, Always <laughs> guess magic number three. Oh. I could name three, and then I was thinking there must be one I was forgetting. And so I was trying to like add. A the third one is uh, Disenchanted on Netflix. All right. Next question. Sleeping Beauty and her kingdom got to uh, delay uh, aging as they fell into deep sleep because of a curse. In the 1959 Disney film, what was Sleeping Beauty's name? Oh. Wow. Chris. Aurora. Yes, Aurora. Aurora. <laughs> okay, last question here. In 1997, who peed for three hours after being thawed from cryofreeze? <laughs> Colin. Uh, yeah, is that Austin Powers? <laughs> yes, it is Austin Powers. Some works of fiction address maybe the physical problems of cryo sleep or cryo freeze. Um, you know, being disoriented and of course Austin Powers uh, pee for three hours. <laughs> Which makes sense. Doesn't make sense. It's it not doesn't... like you just build up water the whole That's time. True. That's yeah. true. That's true. Waters will like burst. Yeah, it's right. not proportional to how long you're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wake up and poop. All right, and we're just gonna need to fit on your cryo diapers here. I'm sorry, my what <laughs> yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so uh related to this big news, the remains of a thirty thousand year old Arctic ground squirrel huh? was just <laughs> discovered preserved in ice you know when dogs do the like the cinnamon roll sleeping like the squirrel <laughs> is like cinnamon roll sleeping wow. position you can see the fur it's brown red fur wow. you see the little claws now that you say it that's how old i feel when you're like how old do you feel on the inside <laughs> of the top of the show i feel like a thirty thousand year old <laughs> ground squirrel curled up in a little ball <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles, smart trivia, Good Job Brain. Colin, you're looking for something. The topic of the episode got me thinking about the many, many things uh, we learned in school growing up 
that have since turned out to be somewhere on the misleading to outright baloney scale. Some somewhere oh. some things fall in there. I mean, I'm not I'm not just talking about like stuff like Pluto used to be a planet, right? I mean, it was legitimately a planet when I was a kid. It's no longer a planet. I'm talking about false sort of lazy histories of parts of our very own country. I remember learning as a kid the the sort of the thumbnail version of the history of Florida, the great great state of Florida, which was that I'll do some fill in the blanks here, guys. You help me out. All okay, right, okay, Florida okay, okay. Okay. was discovered, quote, by Ponce de Leon. Yes. Mm -hmm. And further, I was told that at least in part, Ponce de Leon was searching for the fountain the of, fountain of youth. youth. So, yeah, I mean, people believed a lot of kind of out there things in 1513. I mean, they didn't they didn't really have like the germ theory of disease then, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, OK, yeah. I can plausibly see that maybe yeah, yeah. some people believe there was a, a fountain of, of youth. Juan Ponce de Leon uh, was indeed a, a notable Spanish explorer, conquistador, uh, colonizer. Uh, as I say, his expedition did, in fact, make the first verified official landing of a European crew uh, in in Florida. But okay, was he really, 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 really looking for the Fountain of Youth? Even if it wasn't like number one on his list. I'm like, was it, was it like somewhere it on the top list? Top five. Yeah. yeah, top five. You know, I would I mean, say gold would be up there. It is not going to surprise you to hear that in the 1500s, uh, the Spanish Empire was quite keen to get its hands on as much gold and yeah. or territory as it could. I mean, in the, you know, in the so-called new world. All right, where where did the Fountain of Youth? How did it how did it work its way into the the Ponce de Leon sort of origin story, if you will? I, I will tell you, and I, I hope I'm not disappointing you. There there is no real Fountain of Youth. They didn't find it. <gasps> At age 19, um, speaking of high achievers here, at age 19, Ponce de Leon, uh, in, in 1493, he was one of more than a thousand people, sailors, colonists, uh, soldiers, who were on Columbus's second visit to the New World. Oh! 1493, right? I mean, Columbus was there. Hey, found everything, went back. As you probably remember, again, we learned in school uh, that Columbus was, you know, largely bankrolled by the Spanish crown. So this was his second visit. Uh, Ponce de Leon, many other people joined on board, went back. He did eventually land, after a few stops, on what is today Puerto Rico. He kind of set to work, you know, making his name and making his life. By the early 1500s, he was serving as governor of Puerto Rico, you know, installed by the Spanish crown. So he, he really got to work. And I mean, let me be clear. Let me be very clear here. I, I He was not a sweetheart or a soft touch kind of guy. Uh, in, in fact, part of the reason that he climbed sort of the ranks quickly was that he was uh, very good at conquering and colonizing. He was involved in some very kind of brutal treatment of the Taino people there. As as kids, certainly, you, sometimes yeah. you see these little cartoon smiling pictures of the conquistadors in the margins of the books. Nope. I, I think we know, we know enough these days to note that that's certainly not the rosy picture that was going on. By 1513, he was uh, tasked with sailing out to explore a little bit. All right. Now, so, so let, let's just pause there. All right. There, there are a lot of legends around the world of healing waters and magical springs. Okay. And this yeah, is yeah, not yeah. necessarily a unique folk motif. But in that region, uh, that according to the legends and the tales, some of the native peoples in Cuba, in Puerto Rico, various places, there were stories of a, a, a mythical land, a magical land that may gotten mixed in perhaps with some of these magical water motifs. And and this mythical land was called Beimini or Benini, uh, which we believe was the, the source of the name Bimini. It sort of became a stand-in for some of these magical stories about mythical places and magical lands. There is no evidence whatsoever that Ponce de Leon was interested in a fountain of youth, mm -hmm. cared about a fountain of youth, heard about a fountain of youth. However, he did have a royal charter to go discover this land called Benini or Benini, which eventually became modern day uh, Bimini. 
Uh, but what happened over the years is writers, successive writers, writing about Ponce de Leon sort of fell into this common pattern. There were there were several writers who all sort of said, here's Ponce de Leon, here's what he did. Some people think he was looking for the fountain of youth, but I certainly, for one, don't think that. And this sort of got repeated and repeated and repeated, almost like just comically, writer after writer, like, I don't really think this was happening, but some people say. And by the time, you know, I was a kid learning about it in school, it had sort of just gotten enshrined. He was doing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, He was there searching for the fountain of youth and, oh, hey, just happened to discover Florida. Uh, It's a much better reason than saying he was out looking to conquer territories and killing people. Yes. He's looking for the magical water. That's right. Totally. What a fantasy. Yeah. Yep. It's a much, just very sanitized, much cleaned up version of the story. You're totally right. There's no direct evidence that that he had this anywhere on his list. It was not three. It was not five. It was not top 10. It was nowhere on his list. Now, so it kind of it kind of answered a little bit of a question there. Like, yeah, I got a little bit of baloney as a kid. If you go to Florida today, yes. if you yes. go to, uh, I don't know, Karen, maybe you've run a marathon. Have you ever been to St. Augustine, Florida? No, but I've heard of it. All right. So, yeah, if you go to St. Augustine, Florida, there is a place called the Fountain of Youth Archaeological Park. Now, for many years, this park billed itself as the real location of the well that was discovered by the Spanish conquistadors, nay, by Ponce de Leon himself in 1513. And this is what he believed to be the fountain of youth. This is a real park. It's a real place. Uh, if you grew up in Florida, you you may have, you know, but gone he's there dead. So trip. obviously he didn't find it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's interesting that you say that there are varying um, descriptions of what exactly the Fountain of Youth was. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. like on its most extreme description, it was, you know, an old man could take a bath in the Fountain of Youth and emerge, you know, rejuvenated, able to father more children and father more children (laughs) other accounts are it just cured your illnesses and just you know or just maybe just made you feel good um so it's like wait you get down there like wait do i drink it because that (laughs) old man just got in (laughs) yeah and he fathered a lot of children (laughs) i don't want to go in there Back to St. Augustine, Florida. So I got to tell you guys about uh, Luella Day McConnell or Diamond Lil. Uh, Luella Day McConnell, Diamond Lil, she was a physician. And in the late 1890s, she uh, moved from mainland America up to the Klondike, in fact. Oh. She made her fortune there. By the early 1900s, she had returned from the Yukon. She and her husband, they had arrived in St. Augustine, Florida, from the Yukon, wearing fur coats, jewels, and a diamond-studded tooth, front tooth, uh, hence the name Diamond Lil. They bought a a big uh, parcel of land uh, in St. Augustine on which they had this fountain. Luella was a hustler. There is just there is no question. Luella Diamond Lil was a hustler. She started selling quote youth water from this little fountain on the property. All right, and eventually started charging admission, turned it into a park. Um, oh. She at one point uncovered a stone cross in the ground uh, that apparently she claimed was tied to the Ponce de Leon landing party. This is all bunk. I mean, none of this is real, but I mean, just, just grade a early 1900s, just American kind of hucksterism. And so this place became uh, like a landmark. I mean, like in, in, in pretty, in pretty short period of time. Uh, And Diamond Lil just was a, a fixture in St. Augustine. Things were going great. She was building up her empire. She died in 1927. Apparently she drove her car into a ditch. Uh, It's a little sad. Um, And that was the end of the Diamond Lil. I I mean, it's just, it's one of these things, like these people, just these huge, big lives. I mean, she's a physician and, you know, she moves to the Klondike and makes her fortune. and comes diamond in her mouth and everything. Yeah, and then she just so well. So uh, the the park, you know, uh, has changed hands. Obviously, uh, is it still there? 
Karen, it's not only still there, it is a local landmark, Fountain okay. of Youth Archaeological Park in St. Augustine. Like, I, I, I guarantee you, we have some listeners listening, like, I've been there. I went there with my class or my family or whatever. As it turns out, real bona fide archaeological expeditions have, in fact, uncovered uh, artifacts and evidence that the site of this park is truly... No! On top of one of, if not the first sort of modern settlements in St. Augustine, Florida. So in its own way, did sort of come to have a a legitimate historical claim claim to Florida history. How convenient. How convenient. Yes. Despite Diamond Lil's overbilling, maybe. Um, wow, yeah. she was yeah. right. She was certainly right in her vision of a, a successful <laughs> of a successful park in, in uh, uh, Florida. Yeah, so you can go there. You can visit it today. It's on like lists of, you know, things to do if you're in St. Augustine. Now they can actually call it an archaeological park. Yes, that's right. It, I mean, it wasn't until like the 1970s that they really started, you know, in earnest, like these real expeditions. Yeah. So it had, you know, uh, 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 many years of of, uh, of pseudo history and then definitely has come into real, some real history. history. Yeah. It, it's a long way to go from California. But if I am out there, I, I, I do promise I will I will take a detour and check this place out. Hey, Matt, did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. Okay, guys, last segment. It's time to rip the Band-Aid. Here we are facing our own age uh, with my quiz. Current teen slang. Current teen slang. No, come on. It'll be fun. Uh, I promise. I've even recruited real teens to to help me uh, verify this quiz. Because it was kind of sad and desperate that I was Googling some of this stuff. <laughs> right. We're in a weird age because we have we have kids, but our kids are very young. Mm. I feel like if our kids are teenagers, we'd probably more be more connected to like yeah. the language of the youth. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just yeah. our kids are, are, are younger. But we do work in youngish skewing tech industries where we do encounter not only younger people as coworkers, but like communities and such. It's a write down quiz. Please have your paper and pen ready. I'm going to give you a term. You're going to tell me what you think it means. Uh, It's important to give where credit is due because a lot of the youth slang, these terms, they're they're borrowed from other cultures, uh, like minority communities, black vernacular, mm. uh, fringe and specialty groups like gaming, mm-hmm. fan slash stan culture. Here we go. First word, bussin. That is B-U-S-S-I-N, bussin. What do you think bussin means? <laughs> all right answers up chris what do you think it means good delicious high quality colin says good good energy both correct chris is closer bussin does have a, a food kind of related yeah yeah this steak is bussin next word cap c-a-p cap you can say cap or you can say no cap what does cap mean <laughs> All right. What do you think it is? I said like lie, kidding, joke, holding back, like restricting. Well, I'm going to give it to Chris. It is lying. Cap is lying. And when you say no cap, it is for real. The theory I read is teeth capping. 
Oh, it's not false teeth. <laughs> oh, okay. So no cat means like, oh, my teeth are bare. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving it to you straight. Heather. Heather. H-E-A-T-H-E-R. Heather. Hmm. It's funny because I think when we were younger, we also had Heather as a slang as well. Hmm. Yeah, we did. All right. <laughs> Chris says street drugs. Yes. Where can I score from heaven? <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Colin says white or uncool. Ooh, it's the complete opposite. Heather is a beautiful, uh, admirable person mm. you you oh. aspire to. Okay. Um, our 80s Heather is, is yeah. like popular or like mean girls mean. yeah yes. heather uh this stands from a conan gray song teen teen heartthrob <laughs> and and musician uh has a song called heather and that's where it came from all right what does it mean when someone says bet b-e-t bet and i'm gonna say this is not a, a acronym or abbreviation this is like are they are they gambling <laughs> All right, Chris, you said, let's do it. It's on. Uh, Colin says, believe it. Watch. It is. Yes, it is confirming. It's on. I heard you. I'm confirming what you just said. It, it's kind of the equivalent of if you're working in the kitchen, uh, people say heard to give a call and response. Be like, yes, I heard you. Roger. Roger. Exactly. Okay. Next one. Chugi. Chugi. Can I have the spelling of that word? It is C-H-E-U-G-Y. Chugi. I had to look up the, 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 the syllable stri- emphasis. Chew. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Not, Not choy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris says cringe. Colin <laughs> says funky. Chris is actually doing pretty well. It is. It's try hard. So there is, a, you know, cringe. Okay. Uh, okay. Someone who's okay. trying to hard. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Next one. Next term. Mid. Mid. M I D. Am I mid? Am I a mid? Do I wear a mid? Do I eat a mid? Chris says mediocre, middling, Colin, average. Yes, you're correct. Unremarkable, undesirably average. All right. Two more. Two more. Take several seats. <laughs> take several seats wow what happens when you take several seats what happens when you tell someone take several seats all right answer is up oh okay well it's uh, uh chris says listen and then uh colin please stop talking, talking. you are very wrong. wrong yes that's exact take oh, okay. several right. seats calm down chill out shut up um <laughs> because you are out of line and it's like it's it's more than just take a seat it's like no yeah, please, yeah. please yeah. take several seats yeah. yes yes because you're so out of line all right last one you you guys are doing so good <laughs> don't you feel don't you feel good i'm glad we're not just outright embarrassing ourselves here at least at least one of us is getting closer to it on each one i'll take it well and and also like i mean these terms are not that wild do you know what I mean? They're not yeah. that they random. Come from like somewhere. They're, right. They come from somewhere. They're short for something. Mm-hmm. You know, it is figure outable. For 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 old men, Chris and I are relatively online too. So, you know, it, it trickles yes, up a yes. little bit. For my job, I, I used to feel like I had to really understand like youth culture. So what I would do is I would go on YouTube and I would listen and watch music videos of what teenagers listen to. <laughs> uh last one. Here we go. Last one. Not to be confused with what we grew up with. I want to know what you think op means. OPP. We had our own OPP growing up. This is not the same. This is not the letters OPP. This is op. Plural Hmm. is ops. OPP or OPPS. Op or ops. All right. So Chris says opportunity. Colin says opportunities. Oh, so close. It is opposition or opponent. Oh, maybe you play sport and go in game. You're like, well, a lot of ops here, right? A lot huh. of opposition. Yeah. Opponents. Well, there Good we go. Good job. 
brains. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I will not name my teenager help, but thank you. Thanks, teen. How do you do, fellow kids? All right. And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for listening and hope you learned stuff about Ponce de Leon, very high achieving young people, about immortality and fiction. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like All Creatures, History Tea Time, and Tumble, the science podcast for kids. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.